0: Of the the kings, emperors, and knights' battles is so simplified. And it's so interesting to see the warrior saints battling, said, going to war against bishops. It's pretty amazing. Where even the pope himself, where the pope had an army and started coming down south to take land, and a king who is Catholic and faithful to the pope had to rise up and fight a literal war against the pope. Uh, That is uh, very interesting. Thing that we just don't notice or see in, in the West very much at all. But anyway, I'll tell you all about my trip to Europe in the after show. But I wanted to just give you a little taste of some things that I saw and some things that I noticed while in Europe. But happy Monday to you! I hope you had a blessed weekend. I hope everything went very well for you. Uh, But I want to say good morning to Sissel Anderson. She's joining us right now. Good morning, Sissel.
1: Good morning. Good morning. It's Monday morning, and I'm not usually up this early.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. You know. (laughs) Pray for Sissel. She is a champ. I am just very impressed by the fact. She okay. Normally. I'm the first person in the studio. I get to I get to the studio at four in the morning and I'm here and no one else shows up for a while and it's nice and quiet. Nobody around. I show up and Sis was already in the studio working and I'm like, it's four in the morning. How are you awake? And oh, it's amazing. I was very impressed.
1: Oh, my anxiety would not let me uh, show up any <laughs> later than that.
0: <laughs> well, praise be to God. Praise be to God. I'm glad. That you're able to, uh, to get in in the morning and, uh, very impressed. I'm very impressed. So pray for Sissel. She's got, a a lot of, uh, we, we, we just dropped a bunch of, uh, of work onto Sissel's <laughs> lap. So praise be to God that Sissel is taking it like a champ. Uh, let's see. At 15 past the hour, I have a question. Are women worse at chess? I saw this. It was a very interesting article about, uh, they're banning transgender women from chess matches, which made me think, Wait, are there a difference between men and women when it comes to chess? That's interesting. Also, Ohio Republican calls Christian doctrine bigoted. Hmm. We're talking about that at 15 past the hour. At 30 past the hour, Michael Lavoy with the uh, Voyage Comics is going to be on with us. We're going to talk about uh, the superhero genre and as a whole and talk about what are some alternatives from this, uh, superhero fatigue that we're seeing in the media? In the next hour, Martha Fernandez with A Life Lived Joyfully, she's gonna be on with us today talking about what is gonna be discussed on A Life Lived Joyfully this morning. And as always, we have our Fear and Trembling Game Show coming up in this, in the next hour. But let's begin with prayer, as is our custom. We're going to pray a consecration prayer to the Immaculate Heart of Mary as August is dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. O Immaculata, Queen of Heaven and Earth, refuge of sinners and our most loving Mother, God has willed to entrust the entire order of mercy to you. I, a repentant sinner, cast myself at your feet, humbly imploring you to take me with all that I am and have, holy to yourself as your possession and property, "'Please make of me of all my powers of soul and body, "'of my whole life, death, and eternity, "'whatever most pleases you. "'If it pleases you, use all that I am and have "'without reserve wholly to accomplish what was said of you. "'She will crush your head, "'and you alone have destroyed all heresies in the world. "'Let me be a fit instrument in your immaculate "'and merciful hands for introducing "'and increasing your glory to the maximum in all the many strayed and indifferent souls.'" And thus help extend as far as possible the blessed kingdom of the most sacred heart of Jesus. For wherever you enter, you obtain the grace of conversion and growth in holiness. Since it is through your hands that all graces come to us from the most sacred heart of Jesus. Allow me to praise you, O sacred virgin. Give me strength against your enemies. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. And for those that do not have recourse to thee, especially for the Freemasons and those committed to thy care. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. And now, your headline news with Cecil Anderson.
1: Thank you, Adrian. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. Two years ago, life site news interviewed Leo Kelly of Cedar Rapids about why he attended the January 6th protests. Kelly, who to this day is conflicted on if he did anything wrong or not, was one of the protesters to make it to the Senate chamber. He is quoted saying he felt betrayed by Congress, betrayed by the judicial branch, betrayed by our local governments, our mayors and everything. What are we supposed to do after arrested, uh, he was shortly arrested after the protests and was found guilty last week of obstructing an official government proceeding, a felony, and six other misdemeanor offenses related to this, entering uh, his entering of the U.S. Capitol, and he will serve two and a half years in federal prison as well as paying $7,000 in restitution and fines. Many American Catholics are disappointed, but not surprised, by Chicago Cardinal Blaise Cupid's neglecting to mention the name of Jesus in his speech at Parliament of the World's Religions, Uh, an event first held in 1893 as an attempt to create a global dialogue of faith. Pope Leo XIII banned Catholics from attending the conference just two years after the first one was held. Cupid's speech to more than 6,500 representatives of pagan and Christian religions was focused primarily on climate ideology and urging those listening to form their conscience by sense sensitizing it to be aware of others and of all creation cupid is one of the most outspoken clerics in favor of climate ideology often equating this social justice issue with moral evils like abortion on an inspiring note do you think it is possible for one parish to provide over 300,000 meals to hurting countries like haiti it is and it is happening right here in the united states we'll talk more about this in the next news segment so stick around there is more to come keep listening to your catholic drive time
0: Thank you very much, Cecil, for keeping us up to date. The gospel of the day comes from Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. Now, this passage really strikes home. This is about the man who says, I want to be perfect. And what does our Lord tell him? Sell all you have, give to the poor, and come and follow me. This passage is the passage that has brought more souls to religious life than any other passage. St. Anthony, the desert himself, who is considered the father of Western monasticism. He heard this passage at Holy mass in the second century. And whenever he heard that passage, he sold everything. And he went into the desert and became an anchorite or what we might really think of as a, as a hermit. This passage should convict your soul it convicts my soul. And it is so incredibly beautiful. We'll go through this at verse 16. And behold, one came and said to him, good master, what good shall I do that I may have life everlasting? Now, Cornelius Lapide, when he talks about this, he emphasizes the point of good. Cause in verse 17, he says, who said to him, why askest thou me concerning good? What is good? God. But if thou enter life, keep the commandments. Now, he emphasizes the word good here. Because he's saying that nobody is good except for God. And this should convict us as well because so many of us think, oh, I'm a good person. Are we actually good people? Are we actually good in the sense that God means good? If it only takes, oh, yeah, all good people go to heaven. I have a question. Are you good? Do you keep the commandments? Our Lord says only God himself is good (laughs) because only God himself is perfect. He says you call me good, but you don't recognize me as God. So why do you call me good? And so our Lord here is emphasizing his divinity. In verse 18, he says, he said to him, which, and Jesus said, thou shalt not do murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and mother, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He's saying, keep the commandments. The young man said to him, all these I've kept for my youth. What is yet wanting to me? It shows here there was a debate among the fathers on whether or not the rich young man was serious or not. And many of the fathers and many of the commentators have settled on the fact that yes, he was serious. He said yes. This man was a good man. He was keeping the commandments, but he secretly desired to be perfect. And this is something that I pray about uh, pretty, com- pretty, pretty frequently. And I would share this with you. Many people, including myself, we desire to desire the will of God. And this is something that I pray for very often. I pray that God grant me the desire to desire God's will because sometimes I don't actually desire God's will. I may say I want God's will, but I don't actually want it because God's will is hard. It requires us to take up our cross. It requires us to sell all we have. I want my own will. I want to be master over my own destiny, but I have to give that up. I have to think of myself less. And so sometimes it's easier to just say, God, Grant me the desire to desire your will. And so this is what the young man here said. And Jesus said, if thou wilt to be perfect, he's saying, if you want to be perfect, you don't want it right now, but if you want it, you can have it go sell what thou hast and give it to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. And when the rich young man had heard this word, he went away sad for he had great possessions. What comes after this is remembering the fact that our Lord then tells him and tells the apostles, it is harder for a rich man to enter heaven than a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. It's not impossible, but it's hard. It's hard. Why? Because we have such great attachment to the world. If that will be perfect, the commentators on this passage, which the Jesuits, Dominicans, the Franciscans all tell us, any of us can be religious. Any of us. Whether you're a businessman, whether you're a warrior, a soldier, whether you work in in maintenance, whether you work in any kind of faction. Any of us can be perfect. What must we do? We have to keep the counsels of God. What are his counsels? Poverty, chastity, and obedience. Those three things, and we can be perfect. The question is, do you want to be? If not, then continue living your life. Do the best you can. Keep the commandments. But if you actually want to be perfect, there's the formula for you. Poverty, chastity, and obedience. Let's meditate upon this. Let this convict us today. And maybe it'll send some of us to the convent. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after this.
3: Hi, I'm Adam Bly.
4: And I'm Debbie Giorgiani from The Spirit World.
3: Please join us this Saturday as we discuss the powerful Sacrament of Reconciliation and its role in spiritual warfare.
4: That's this Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
5: Listen to The Spirit World with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Visit grnonline.com slash spiritworld. World.
0: And welcome back To the Catholic Drive Time Show This is your host Adrian Fonseca Yes I'm back in the saddle Praise be to God it's good to be back I haven't uh, been on the show For a while and You know I've missed it It's been It's good to be back with you So praise be to God Now <laughs> I saw this story and I thought it was kind of interesting And if you're wondering I was in the Holy Land No not the Holy Land why did I say Holy Land I was in Lords. I went to Spain to Zarzoga. I went to uh, Fatima, and so I went to those three places. Um, stopped at a few other places along the way as well. And I'll tell you all about my trip in the after show. So only our CDT insiders who hang out with us in the after show will hear all the details. But it was a great trip, and I have a lot of stories to share with you. So uh, make sure you tune in to the after show. Join us on Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter and youtube and you can chat with us there directly we'd love to have you also before i forget as well i meant to say it's top of the show i'm actually in dallas this week so if you want to uh come say hi let me know maybe i can uh plan something we can go get a uh, lunch or dinner or something like that uh, though i should probably go to bed a little bit earlier but nonetheless we uh, will figure something out so i'm in the dallas area so if you want to say hi uh, let me know maybe i'll organize something for the midweek or thursday i'll be here until friday but anyway, to the point of the segment. Sissel, um, have you ever played uh, chess?
1: I have, and I actually recently played a game of chess. Actually,
0: really? So, uh, are you how familiar are you with chess? <laughs>
1: Uh, My brother enjoyed chess quite a bit, so I was the only one willing to play in our house most of the time with him. So I am very good at losing, Um, (laughs) very confident at losing. I recently played with my best friend while we Mm -hmm. were waiting for a drink, and um, I had to text a picture of the chessboard to my brother to ask him if (laughs) I, in fact, had checkmated her. And he called me, which is never a good sign. He calls me and says, you can't checkmate someone who's not in check. So I am familiar, but I am not good at it. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, there you go. I am also familiar, but not good at it. I've, I played it in the past. I don't play it regularly. I basically know the rules. I, it's kind of like, you know, the Dunning-Kruger effect. The less you know about something, the more you think you know. Um, and I know very little about it. So there's, I bet there's a lot of rules that I just don't know.
1: There's a lot of strategies I don't know.
0: That for sure. And, um, and so when I say, when I read this article, I'm not saying that I personally, as a man, would beat most women. I think any woman who uh, has any familiarity with chess would probably beat me in chess because I do not know how to play. However, it's really interesting. This article from Tim Cass News, they put out um, saying that the chess uh, competitors, competition uh, organization is banning transgender women, quote-unquote, which are men who are pretending to be women, they're banning them from chess tournaments. And, you know, immediately I thought that's interesting because you would think that if there is any sport, because, you know, football, baseball, basketball, there is a clear advantage that men have over women. I mean, we the most clear example is uh, tennis, where we had actually the number one woman compete against men. Of like, I think he was ranked like seventy-five or something like that, and he ended up beating both the uh, what are they? What are their names? The Williams sisters, I forget. The uh, and beat them while smoking a pack of cigarettes in between and having gone golfing in the morning before, and beat both of them. Um, that shows that men are just better at sports, and that makes sense. Most people will concede and say, "Oh yeah, yeah. men are more physically advantageous than women at sports," but then you would think, okay. Intellectual sports are probably about even, right? Um, I thought this was interesting because there's, they're trying to ban women from it. And it said that among the top 100 grandmasters, the top 100 best chess players in the world, only one of them is a woman. And I thought that was interesting. And so I found this article uh, from a woman who is a grandmaster. And she talks about how, yeah, women lose at chess more than men. Men are just better. And there are different theories about why this is. And it's interesting because a few months ago, I saw a very similar thing about poker, how they're saying like in poker, because poker most people think is considered gambling, but really it's a game of strategy, which I'm also really bad at. So I would also say probably any woman who knows how to play poker would probably beat me at that as well. I don't even know the rules to poker. So yikes. The And so it's interesting. They said that among poker players, all the top players are men. And that they kind of have, um, they'll allow women to play in 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 men's poker, but it's kind of divided. They don't, it's not, it doesn't tend that way. And people argue that the reason is aggressiveness. Women tend to be more passive and more defensive, whereas men are more aggressive. And so it just results in men winning more often. And I think that's interesting because, I mean, I don't know what the actual reasoning is. I don't know, I mean, right now, We don't have definitive reasons. There's people who predict it's about behavior. People think it's about the people being raised, that there's not really women who are raised doing these things, but men are. I don't know the reasons, but I think it's interesting that men and women are so fundamentally different from our bodies in terms of like our muscles and our growth and things like that, but also how our brains work, our strategies, the way we think. Every single part of us is fundamentally different in every possible way. And just like you would never, like, for instance, if I was a parent and I was wanting to have my kids be babysat, 99% of the time, I would much rather want a woman babysitting my kid than a man. Why? Because we just know that women are naturally more nurturing, naturally more caring, i more attentive to kids. I know you, you could see a perfect example of this. Whenever you see a little baby around a bunch of kids at church and the girls are all doting on the kids and trying to take care of them. The kids run off. They're trying to chase after them, make sure they don't get hurt. And meanwhile, if it's a boy, they just like watch the kid and just make sure he's not dying. And they're like, Oh, there he goes running. Uh, hope he doesn't fall. Okay. Um, but the women are over there running over and make sure he doesn't hit any corners, or anything like that. It's very interesting to see the different dynamic, even among children watching younger children it's so fundamentally different i think that's very interesting especially when we think in light of the transgender movement because there is just in from the very very found foundational aspects of who we are as man and woman there is no there is no sameness we're not equal we're not equal in any way except in dignity that's the only manner in which we are equal every other way we are radically different and that's not a bad thing that's a good thing it's because we are made to be for different purposes ultimately we have the same purpose which is heaven to know to love and serve god in this life to be happy with him in the next but we have different purposes in terms of how who we're created to be men are called to be protectors women are called to be nurturers they're very different roles it requires a very different set of skills and it's also interesting because it has said that among the spiritual writers that women have a greater capacity for holiness and it's easier for women to be holy because their natural disposition leads them to holiness in an easier way. I think that's a very interesting thing and something that many people don't like to talk about. And this is why you see so many people who are nuns, whereas the contemplative life, as we know from sacred scripture is the higher life. Whereas the active life, which is much more common among men, is actually the lower life. But this goes against exactly what the culture wants to tell us. The culture wants to tell us that, no, unless if you're not producing anything, then you're not useful. Where does this come from? This comes from a communist Marxist ideology. And so the idea here that someone can be greater, can be of greater service, can be of greater Holiness could be of greater value by not quote-unquote doing anything that we would say they're doing much. Contemplative life is a lot of work. Have you ever tried to meditate for an hour? Have you ever tried that? Try it one day. You will realize that you would much rather go exercise physically for an hour than meditate for an hour. It takes a lot of work. And yet we don't understand that. And it's much easier for women to meditate than men. And on to speaking of people men and women. There was a man of uh, in Ohio who he is a Jewish man who was um the Republican. He's a Republican and he was a huge um, he was on the he's a former President Trump uh, campaign um worker. He put out this post on Twitter responding to this other woman who is or this woman when Lizzie Marbach who said, there's no hope for any of us outside of having faith in Jesus Christ alone. And this is very not a not nothing shocking, right? This is exactly what the Bible says. So no one should be surprised that someone would say that, right? Well, Max Miller, the Ohio Republican rep, he decided to respond. This is one of the most bigoted tweets I have ever seen. Delete it, Lizzie. Religious freedom in the United States applies to every religion. You have gone too far. Well, he's Jewish, and so he's offended by the fact that we said there's no salvation outside of Jesus Christ alone. But this is just what the Bible says. Our Lord says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And Max Miller is offended by this and says, cites religious freedom for the reason. But does he not realize that religious freedom means that we can express our religion freely? And to call basic Christian doctrine bigoted is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And now you may disagree with it, and that's fine. I mean, Jews don't believe that Christians are saved. I mean, there are some Jews. Obviously, there is a diversity of beliefs among Jews. But I know the Orthodox and Hasidic Jews believe that we're all going to hell. What about other religions? They believe, like Muslims, they believe we're all going to hell. Am I offended by that? No, I'm not offended by that. Why am I not offended by that? Because I believe they're wrong. Because I know that the Catholic faith is the true faith, outside of which there's no salvation. Extra ecclesiam no Salus. There's no salvation outside of the church. This is not bigoted. It's not bigoted for people to hold to their beliefs. And you can disagree. And there's nothing wrong with that. And except in the fact that you're disagreeing with the truth, there's problem there but that's more of a personal problem than a cultural and legal problem especially in referring to the constitution so this is very interesting that we see this thing pop up and I am uh, (laughs) very amused by this because he got such massive backlash that he actually came out and said that he he said I posted something earlier that conveyed a message I did not intend I will not try to hide my mistake or run from it I sincerely apologize to Lizzie and to everyone who read my post So there you go. I'm glad that he apologized, but it's interesting. I wonder how many people also hold to this belief. In fact, I've heard among many Catholics, whenever I say that there's no salvation inside the church, when I say salvation is through Christ alone, many Catholics get offended by that. And they come to me like, Adrian, you can't say that. That's so mean. And I'm like, that's, that's, I have to say it because it's true. This is what our Lord said. These are from the mouth of the Lord. This is what all the saints said. This is what all the doctors of the church said. This is what all the fathers of the church say. And I'm just repeating them. So don't take it up with me. Uh, Take it up with them. And let me know what, uh, what they say in response. So let's keep this in mind and let us know that, you know, it doesn't really matter. Republican, Democrat, Christ is king. Christ is king. And when I become king of Texas, Christ will still be king. So don't worry. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after this. We're going to be talking about Voyage Comics, the superhero industry. (laughs) What's the alternative?
3: We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic view of marriage may be an ideal, but it cannot be a reality? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, It is an ideal in a diseased society. It is a reality in a healthy society. For where it is real, it makes society healthy. We know we cannot make a perfectly healthy society because while we believe in marriage and the church, we also believe in something called the fall of man, which also has an effect on society. But the point is that we believe not just in an ideal, but in something practical practical in the sense that we want to make something. We want to create Christian families as opposed to those who are always ready to destroy the family, who give up on the ideal and give in to whatever is easiest at the moment. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org.
0: Hi, this is Dave Palmer. Do you love all that you're learning about the Catholic Church here on the GRN, and are you ready to dive into the deep? If so, join us each Friday afternoon beginning at 1 p.m. Central for Back to the Father on the GRN's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages as we discuss key teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas' Summa Theologia and their application to
3: our everyday journey through this life and our goal of returning Back to the Father. Each Friday at one p.m. Central, email back to the Father at grnonline.com for more information.
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Cecil Anderson and here are some more breaking news headlines. The American Spectre reports that Another 37 Nigerian Christians were martyred for their faith by the hands of Muslim jihadists this past week, but most of the world, including the Biden administration, ignored them as they have in the past. In just the first 100 days of 2023, more than 1,000 Christians were killed in Nigeria. While an ongoing issue, the vo- violence towards Christian minority has intensified in the last few years, and Nigeria makes up 89% of the Christian persecution in the world today. Despite these horrendous um, numbers, countries like the United States are committed to dismissing these events as skirmishes between farmers please pray for nigeria Let's end on some inspiring news today. One parish in the United States is responsible for sending over 3 million meals to Haiti over the past 10 years. St. Matthew's Catholic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, saw a need and fulfilled it. The parish has had a close relationship with the missionaries of the poor and its founder, Father Richard Ho Lung, since the late 1990s. When the first group of parishioners visited the Orders Base um, years ago, they asked how they could help, and the response was, we need food, and St. Matthew's got to work. This parish, by the way, is one of the Largest the U.S. has to offer, with some 11,000 families registered, 101 ministries, and uh, seated in their sanctuary for 2,100 people. Uh, Needless to say, they have the manpower to complete such a charitable feat. Each Monsignor McSweeney World Hunger Drive, as it is called, involves 48,000 volunteer service hours, thousands of hairnets, and results in 300,000 packaged meals. It is beautiful to see that despite the uptick of violence and disorder in the country, which does not allow most people to visit, there is still a way we can help our suffering brothers and sisters. Back to you, Adrian.
0: Thank you very much, Cecil, for keeping us up to date. I think that's really awesome that they are doing that. And, you know, I always think... About these uh, all these charitable organizations, and I'm like, you know, I'm glad people are picking up the slack, but man, I miss the fact that religious used to do all these things. Like it, it's it's so amazing whenever you have all these orphanages run by nuns and these hospitals run by nuns, and it's it's just so uh, it's so beautiful. And like the radio stations run by the Franciscan Order, Maximilian Colby, and I, it's just uh, you know, I'm glad that we're we're taking on these all these tasks. As late as a lady, but it would be great to see some of the um, religious back in the back in the work. You know what I mean? Um, joining us right now is the author and creator of Voyage Comics. Voyage Comics, a Christian or I guess specifically more Catholic books and graphic novels. Uh, Michael Lavoy. Good morning to you, Mr. Lavoy.
6: Good morning, Adrian. Thanks for having me.
0: Praise be to God. It's good to have you on. You know, it's really interesting. I've seen your work a few times. People have sent it over to me as a reference. And I wish that I have, I asked you to send me some of these because it's really interesting to see some of these. And I think it's amazing as an idea, as a concept, because I got to tell you, I am so, I, I used to be a huge comic book fan when I was a kid. Huge. I had a, those uh, those huge boxes full of uh, of comic books. Particularly, I <laughs> loved the Flash. Um, back whenever um, Barry Allen was coming back onto the scene, the original Flash or the second Flash, I guess, was coming back onto the scene. Uh, Wally West was getting phased out, and that was kind of when I came into the comic book world, and I loved it. And then, as I got older and older, the comic books and the comic book world became more and more i mean the only thing you could say is gay and it's uh and it just shoved it in every single aspect and i was just so tired of it that i had to stop buying comic books and i was very upset by that because i really enjoyed it and so tell me about your let's start with the inspiration for this and uh, where did do i get these ideas to uh, to start this
6: well you know as you're saying it's, it's really unfortunate that um you know we can't we can't go out to the secular comic books anymore. You know, it used to be uh, a while ago you could do that and not worry about what your kids were reading, and it was it was safe and uh, fairly harmless, and, um, you know, you didn't have to worry about the influence that would have on your children, and that's definitely not the case anymore. And um, you could say that we stumbled on this a little bit by accident. Uh, Phil and I, Phil is the uh, the writer and co-founder, uh, of voice comics and i'm i'm the uh, the artist and um, we uh, we were both kind of on a, a similar spiritual journey at the time when we when we started this and and the idea wasn't to start a comic book company um, i was I was freelancing as an artist, uh, just trying to uh, i was praying a lot and trying to learn how to use the gifts God gave me to glorify him and also support my family and um, I had just recently started freelancing. I had kind of taken a, a leap of faith. And you know, I I decided to uh, to choose a career that is typically the only career that has the word starving, uh, you know, associated with it. So I wasn't uh, I wasn't I was a little fearful about going forward. But in the process of uh, beginning that, I I uh, hooked up with Bill Kozlowski, who was a writer, and at the time he was also uh doing some freelance writing and he wrote for his blog and uh, did some other writing for some various other blogs. And he had the idea to create a comic book that was uh, kind of loosely based off of another book he had already pu- uh, self-published and released about The uh, the Last Monks of Skellig Michael. And um, neither of us had any experience in comic book uh, creation. Um, my background was more in, in animation. Um, like I said, he wrote more for blogs, but... Uh, you know, God writes straight with crooked lines, they say. And he, he chose two, uh, two rookies, two newbies to, to start this venture. And, uh, throughout the course of it, he has really been providential in bringing people into our path and, uh, helping us out. And so one of the people he brought in, first of all, was Jim Fern, who is a, a comic book uh, industry veteran has been, been doing this now for over 30 years. He worked for DC and Marvel and he's a, a devout Catholic and he had heard, he heard about it through, uh, Phil's blog. And so he teamed up and, and just, you know, said, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to coach you guys through this. And again, the story was, was a pretty simple story at first. And it was, the idea was just to create one comic book and be done with it. And the one comic book turned into a series and the series turned into a company. We, you know, when we released it, we we realized, Hey, people really really like this, they don't really, it's not even that they like it, it's they, that they need it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the kids need the uh, the nourishment, so to speak. You know, there's that old adage, you are what you eat. And in a very similar way, the media that we consume, you become that. And sometimes you can, you can consume little bits here and there of seemingly um, innocent um, secular media such mm-hmm. as comic books and cartoons and movies and video games. And it may seem, like I said, fairly innocent, but then when you add the whole up and you become, you know, we've come the sum of the little things that we add up uh, and pretty soon you learn, you figure out that you're living a, a very secular life mm-hmm. as a result. And so, um, you know, through the creation of this company, we've realized that people have the need for faith filled and positive entertainment Um, to help them, to nourish them, to live a heroic life. And that's kind of how Voyage Comics came about.
0: Wow. Wow. Praise be to God. That is amazing. And you know, they're 100% correct. I was talking recently with a friend of mine and he was talking about, you know, I just don't really love the fantasy genre. And he's referring to even... And this is going to be like blasphemy to some people. Um, this is, a, he's like, I'm not a fan of J.R.R. Tolkien's, um, Lord of the Rings series because people just get caught up in, in this fantasy world. And they get caught up with these fictional characters, but they're missing the fact that there are real heroes out in the world. Why don't we tell those stories? And I'm thinking of King St. Ferdinand, who is one of my favorite saints. He's a, a King, a warrior, never lost a battle. He fought. He was known as the Moor slayer. He went out to miracles happened on the battlefield. And today the, I was talking about the St. of the day, blessed Gobert of Aspermont, who fought against the Albigensians, went on crusade, fought against the emperor himself. He, um, When it became a Cistercian monk, fought against the Muslims, went to try to take back the Holy Land, all these crazy stories. And you're like, wow, like this is amazing, heroic men who are saints, who are blessed and we don't tell their stories. Instead, we kind of um, make these fictional stories, and like you said, we, you, you are what you eat, right? And you, we right. consume these stories, and those become our idols. I know, I, I was obsessed with the Flash, and at back then, there's not a lot of Flash merchandise, but I tell you what, if I <laughs> if there was, I would have had all of it, and they, I was obsessed with them. I was like, yeah, the Flash, so cool, I loved it, draw pictures of it, it was obsessed, I thought about it, I uh, fantasized about like having the powers of the Flash, uh, but what if what if those were saints instead?
6: yeah, yeah, absolutely and and um, you know we've been we've been producing comic books on on both uh, you know we have done some fantasy uh, work and superhero work we We do feel like there's a place for that and um, and I think there's there's a lot of good opportunities to to teach the faith through that, but we also have done a series of, of various saint comic books as well, and that's going to be an ever growing line. Like he said, there's there's no shortage of material. We have two thousand years of stories of heroes to draw from, and I wrote down uh, King Saint Ferdinand as you as you mentioned as a possible one to look at. Oh, in the future. for sure! Please do. I would story.
0: I would read that. I would read that ten million times. I love King Saint Ferdinand, and yeah. he is so unknown. He was a cousin of Louis the Ninth, and King Saint Ferdinand actually was written by Louis the Ninth to come and help him in Africa as he was trying to free the Christians from the Muslim slavery. And King St. Ferdinand was on his way when he got sick and died. And it's one of those great what ifs of history of what if Ferdinand, who never lost a battle, where Muslims fled when he showed up, what if he had made it to Africa and, uh, saved Louis the ninth and, uh, that would have been amazing. But anyway, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I want to pick up on some of the particulars of these stories because I actually have never heard of Finian and I'm very curious about the Joan of Arc book because, um, you know, it's always weird to me trying to find a balance between, um, some of these stories when it comes to, the historical accuracy and also going through is like trying to make it a very exciting story and adding a little bit of a twist into that. So I would love to talk about that when we come back. Plus I also want to talk about the superhero genre in general and uh, kind of the superhero fatigue that we're all having right now. So I'm going to be, we're going to be looking forward to having that conversation uh, coming up in the next segment, but um, there's uh, stories about St. Katira Takawitha, I hope I said that right, uh, who I think, I mean, there's another story we don't hear a lot about, and also, <laughs> this is really cool, Metal Knight, thinking about the Miraculous Medal. I have a great devotion to Maximilian Colby and the Miraculous Medal. I'm wearing several Miraculous Medals right now around my neck, on a ring, and on my pants i keep one attached to my pants as well (laughs) Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about all this coming up in the next segment don't go anywhere more catholic drive time coming your way so don't go anywhere we'll be right back with catholic drive time right after this
3: This is Mike and Alicia Hernan with a Messy Family Minute. For years, we felt like bad Catholics because, with our young family, we didn't have enough energy to cooperate in our parish campaigns to do works of mercy in our community. Then the realization came the works of mercy can be practiced in the home. As a matter of fact, they should be first practiced at home. What do parents
1: do every day? Clothe the naked, give food to the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, shelter the homeless. Maybe even visit the imprisoned when you send them to their rooms. (laughs) Think about it. There is no one you see every day who needs you more than your children. Your kids have nothing except what you give them. They are dependent upon you for their physical
3: survival, but also for their emotional, psychological, and spiritual health. Begin by showing mercy within your home and allow it to be a means of transformation for you. You can take the ordinary work of your life and transform it into a means of extraordinary grace. For more encouragement and resources, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org.
0: And we are back. And... We're talking about Voyage Comics, a very interesting concept that I think is really, really encouraging to see things like this out in the world. Michael Lavoie, the artist for Voyage Comics, is on with us. We're discussing superheroes, and it's really funny because I'm honestly so sick i was so obsessed with superheroes growing up i love the superhero genre whenever the marvel Studios started coming out with all these comic book movies i was just like overjoyed as a, as a kid and then um the dark knight series i, I loved it I ate it up the spider-man trilogy i loved all of it. even episode three i loved that one too i, I just love the comic book series and recently they're all garbage. I am so tired. I was on a, on a 13 hour plane ride and I was, I didn't watch the last like five Marvel movies just because I was just like, they're all garbage. They're all stink. And some of them were on the plane. I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'll give them a chance. I didn't finish any of them. I tried to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, the quantum, quantum verse, something like that. And, and I was like, this is so boring. This is garbage. And every single movie is woke. They have to put in a gay character here, a trans character here, uh, put in some kind of woke ideology into it and I'm so tired of it. They made Superman gay and then recent comic books. It's actually Superman's son. It's like a a horror deal. And they did all these things and I'm just like, stop it. Stop trying to indoctrinate our children. And also, I want to... Read them too, even though I'm an adult. Uh, but despite the fact that it's the case, but Michael Avoy, uh, I think it's pretty awesome that you are creating these things. So we're talking about your Voyage comic book series, and I'm I'm first I want to ask you about the fictional series that you have here, the Phantom Phoenix. Um, tell me about this.
6: Yeah, so the Phantom Phoenix was our sur- our first uh, Catholic superhero line. And, you know, you're talking about how you love superheroes growing up and lately, you know, not so much. And I, and I think the thing is, is, you know, we've, we've always loved superheroes. I mean, back to the beginning of time, you know, ancient Greeks, uh, this is not a new thing. You know, Marvel didn't invent superheroes. And so we've always, we've always loved stories of, of heroes. And I think the problem is, is, um, lately we're getting stories of, of people who, have powers but are not heroic mm. and this is what we're getting fed up with you know we're, we're not seeing the virtue that we can that we can be inspired by something to to strive for you know and so and so that's what we're you know we're doing with with voyage comics is we're bringing back the hero that you can look up to and that you can aspire to be and uh like i said phantom phoenix was the the first uh hero that we introduced Hopefully in, uh, you know, in a long, uh, line of heroes in a, in the Voyage universe. And, um, uh, his backstory, so this is set in 1920 Chicago, which we just thought was really fun because this is kind of where we, we see a lot of the original superheroes, you know, emerge in, in this time frame, uh, you know, Batman and, and so on. And, um, and sh- Chicago is just such an iconic city for, you know, this type of thing as well. And so, um, his story is that he is uh, he is a, an ex uh, World War One fighter pilot, um, and he, he has an injury in the war. And so this this is kind of a backstory that's being slowly um, slowly revealed. So I won't give any more away, but um, you know, so he has to kind of adapt as a result of this injury, as a result of having to come home, uh, you know, with no job, no ability. Um, you know, so how does he adapt to that? And then, just being coming home and see the crime that's happening in in the streets of Chicago, where he grew up, and how he uh, how he um, responds to that with the the mentorship of his his priest uh, there.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because one of my favorite characters, honestly, was Daredevil, who was a Catholic, and, yeah. and I think it's very interesting to kind of see this character because daredevil obviously he's more of an anti-hero and it's very interesting to watch his progression in regards to his faith and i think the comic book writers did a pretty decent job of understanding the faith where he comes into confessional he goes to confession and the priest responds in a very typically in a more appropriate way that you would expect to happen and there was an element of it that is just like this man is imperfect this man is someone who is trying to be Catholic and, rectus, and rectify that and reconcile that rather with the fact that he is doing things that are, that might be considered immoral. And I think that's really interesting because these are kind of what these stories should do, right? It should be trying to tell real life because how many of us, and obviously not in that extent, in that particular circumstances, are struggling to try to be Catholic? That's why we say we're practicing Catholics because we're trying to get better. Practicing, practice makes perfect, right? And I think it's really interesting because these ideas... And I wish I got it. I'm going to have to get a hold of your comic books because I want to read these stories myself. And uh, Cecil Anderson, my co-host for today, she's actually... uh, I think she voiced your promo for your comic books. Uh, have you read these sizzle?
1: Yeah. I voiced your podcast intro that, uh, the Voyage, Voyage podcast actually. Um, <laughs> uh, yep. but yeah. And so, and, and I asked as payment to receive some of the comic books. <laughs> uh, cause I also, like Adrian, uh, grew up loving comic books and superheroes. And so I've started reading, uh, the blessed, uh, Carlos, Acutis, uh, the digital disciple. And I've really, really enjoyed it so far. And I just wanted to say really quickly that I appreciate how much effort y'all put into this. And And that I feel like kids who read these are not going to feel like they're missing out on anything because the artwork is so beautiful. The storylines are so good. Um, So I appreciate everything that you're doing. Yeah.
6: That was a really, a really big goal for us was to, to be able to create something that you could, you could put alongside the secular, you know, top of the line products and, and virtually not tell a difference in terms of quality and entertainment.
0: Yeah. So the, so let me get to this question. I think, that these stories are great, but it's always concerning to me because I I've seen some of these um fictional books, novels of some of the saints, and it always concerns me because I'm always hesitant about like, okay, what if you read these and then you're telling the story of a saint to someone and you're actually telling them something that's not true because it's a fictionalized account. And so I always struggle with that. And I'm like, ah, because I'm like, I don't want to lie to people because it's presented as, and it's not like it's going to have a footnote. I'll be like this thing that didn't actually happen. And this one did. Um, it just kind of get jumbled together. So how is your, what's your take on how to tell the stories of saints um, in a fictionalized account?
6: Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, I think it's important for here for us to understand the idea, this, the idea of myth um, because myth really in in recent times has taken on a new meaning that it never had throughout the history of the world. You know, so when people talk about myth today, they talk about something that's not true. Um, they talk about something that's made up, but historically the idea of myth was, was a, a true story that was told in a certain language, right? It was told in this mythological language. And so we're talking about real truths, uh, in these stories and, and, um, you know, sometimes, um, you know, there's been a lot of emphasis in recent times to stick to the facts, you know, try and, you know, and there's been this overemphasis on, on uh historical, um, you know, correctness or, you know, accuracy. And even that really is, you know, in a sense, a type of myth, because then it's like, what, what facts are you going to? to you know what facts are you focusing on you know so it's like and who's telling it what are they you know what are the things that are important to them so in a sense all all stories really are uh you know myth when you think about it that way and so what we're we're looking at is we're looking at telling stories in in a language that tells truths um you know through through these different elements you know and again um not those, that doesn't mean that we're, we're avoiding the facts or misrepresenting the facts or, or anything like that or, you know, veering away from, uh, from historical accuracy. It just means that we are focusing on those elements of the story that are important for our readers. So what is going to, uh, what is going to inspire them to be heroic? What is going to inspire these, these children who are, who are living and reading these stories?
0: Have you read um, the essay published by J.R.R. Tolkien on fairy stories? I have not
6: read it. I, I have heard of it. I think I'm familiar with, you know, probably some quotes from it.
0: Okay, because it sounded like you're kind of articulating the same, similar um, words or ideas as J.R.R. Tolkien in his essay on fairy stories. I would recommend that. It's a right. very beautiful essay telling very much the same thing because uh, you're right. You're right. There is an element to the Saint stories that it's, it's not, they 're not biographies, we even call them, we call them hagiographies. Um, they are not biographies they 're not in the same sense um, the same way told the stories aren 't told the same way they 're told with devotion with love, uh, recognizing who these people are, not in a as a cold uh, description of facts, but a as a loving retelling of our family members and so I think that 's something that we have to keep in mind now. One last thing before we run out of time here. We're just like on the last brink. Actually, uh, we're going to have to invite you back because I just love this conversation and we're going to have yeah. to have you back on, talk more about these kind of things because I'm really enjoying this. Instead, I'm going to, I'm going to bookmark my question and say, where can people get connected with you? Where can people buy the comics? Where can people learn more?
6: Uh, best place to find us is at voyagecomics.com. Um, you know, and if you go to your local Catholic bookstore and, and, uh, they may have it. And if they don't, tell them where to find us and, and they can start carrying our products as well. But yeah, go to our website, voyagecomics.com.
0: And it looks like, uh, you can get your first issue for free. Just pay shipping, it seems like, there on your website. Uh, so make sure you check that out, voyagecomics.com. A very excellent place to go. I definitely will be looking at some of their comic books, uh, because I think this is pretty awesome. So if your kids want something like that, Make sure you check it out. Uh, God bless you. God love you. And have a blessed day.
6: Yeah, thank you so much. You too.
0: And that's going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the next hour, Martha Fernandez with A Life Live Joyfully is going to be joining us in the next hour. We're going to have a great conversation coming up. Plus, our Fear and Trembling Game Show and with prizes involved. In fact, you could be a winner. You just have to call in, so make sure you're tuned in in the next hour. Plus, I'm going to tell you about my pilgrimage to... Well, for some reason, I keep wanting to say the Holy Land uh, to Spain, Portugal, and France. I'll tell you all about that in the after show. So stay with us. You're not going to want to miss a single moment of Catholic Drive Time. God love you. God bless you. And we'll see you in just one moment.
2: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Which of these is the most difficult for you to objectively believe? Jonah lived in a whale? Moses heard God's voice in a bush? Peter's authoritative declarations would be backed by heaven? Or that Daniel survived the flames of fire? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the results. Most difficult was Jonah, then Daniel, then Moses. The easiest was Peter receiving authority to grant forgiveness. Secondly, the early church was tough. You see, that authority granted to Peter could put one out of the church due to sin and that same authority was installed to bring one back into the church through personal confession we understand that reconciliation with the church is inseparable from reconciliation with god and thirdly our bibles are filled with promises but this promise was to peter the apostles and the generational successors of peter known as the catholic bishops so here's an idea take a drive down your street look up at a catholic church and just know this for a fact that priest inside that church was ordained straight down through the lineage of saint peter
6: Donnie, name four of the seven sacraments. Baptism,
3: confession, that's right, reconciliation, communion, and confirmation. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, We should not blame people for whatever bad things they may sometimes do? We should not judge them for their faults? We should be kind and merciful? Well, of course we should be kind and merciful. However, it is not merciful to say that we should not blame them for the sins they commit. As G.K. Chesterton says, blame is actually a compliment. It is a compliment because it is an appeal to a man's soul. When we call a man a coward, we are, in so doing, asking him how he can be a coward when he could be a hero. When we rebuke a man for being a sinner, we imply that he has the potential.
1: Hi, I'm Karina. And I'm Betsy. And And we're with with Catholic Catholic Charities. Charities. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network.
4: Radio, Radio for, for your soul.
0: And welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. It really is good to be on with you today. It's been a while. How you doing? I hope that you haven't missed me too much. I hope everything went smoothly throughout the week. I want to hear the good news about last week. I want to hear how everything went. Tell me uh, who was your favorite host. I won't tell them. I won't tell them. I'm just curious. Who was your favorite guest host while I was away? I'd be curious as to who who yours was. I was planning on tuning in last week and maybe even calling in from where I was, but I realized I had to uh, pay to call internationally I was like I uh, don't really want to do that not really and then I was like okay well I connect via zoom and we could do it via the internet I had horrible internet everywhere and so I was like uh, oh well it's fine not a big deal so I didn't keep up with anything I have no idea what's going on in the world but um, we're going to make sure to talk about uh, keep I'm going to try to get updated on everything I missed in the last 10 days today and so I'll be up to date for tomorrow and I want to share with you coming up and 30 past the hour in the after show, I want to talk to you about my trip. I think it's going to be interesting to share with you some things that I learned and experienced. Um, but I think that's a that's a great time. And before we jump into our interview here with Martha Fernandez, um, I also want to let you know I'm in Dallas. I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth area for the week. Uh, we're currently redoing our studios in Houston, and so I'm working out of Dallas uh, Fort Worth office for this week with Cecil Anderson. She's a champion there, running everything, and we just dumped everything on her. So pray for Cecil. We uh, are we're not being nice to her this week, uh, but she's doing great, and she uh, not a single complaint. So praise be to God. I'm very grateful for everything she's doing. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be in Dallas-Fort Worth area for this week. So if there's anything going on Dallas-Fort Worth area that you think would be a good thing for me to hop by, or you want to say hi, come by the studio, or maybe I should host something in the studio or somewhere nearby, um, let me know. I'll be to organize something. It'll be a good time. So let me know. I'll be here for the week. Uh, but joining us right now is Martha Fernandez. She's the host of A Life, Live Joyfully. In fact, she's the host of our Monday edition of A Life, Live Joyfully. Good morning to you, Martha.
7: Good morning. Martha Fernandez-Cardina, that is, Adrian. Oh, Full was, last name. There yes. you go.
0: There you go. Praise <laughs> be to God. Uh, are you? Um, what's your, your background in terms of uh, culturally? Are you Spanish?
7: Uh, my father was from Spain. My mom from the Dominican Republic, and my brothers and I grew up between the United States and the Dominican Republic. So the short answer is we say Dominican, but uh-huh. we're actually um, what would we be? We would be Spanish Dominican American, oh, or wow. American or American Spanish Dominican, or whichever way you want. <laughs> my dad also uh, lived part of his life in Cuba, so uh we have some cousins who are cubans and uh, myself I've been to cuba so yeah
0: wow that's praise be to god you know i i was just in spain and i i'm in love with spain i'm in love with spain so much and um i just i've never done a dna test and background test and our family background is so complicated but our last name is fonseca and i think i'm like i'm just going to i'm just going to pretend i'm spanish just because I, I love I love Spain and I love the Spanish saints, I think they're awesome, so anyway, that's not the conversation for today, Martha. Uh, what is the topic going to be today for a life live joyfully?
7: Well, today I'm continuing a conversation that I started with our listeners uh, a couple of Mondays ago, continued last Monday on Catholic evangelization, the loving thing to do, and today, I am going a step further in uh, asking the question and answering. Who's evangelizing you? Because mm. I say Catholic evangelization is a loving thing to do because God is love. He came into the world to evangelize us, to gospelize us, to message us, to save us, to bring us Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus Christ came into the world to bring us Himself, to bring His person and the message, the gospel of salvation, uh, by which we are saved, and He gave us the mission of the redeemer so the mission of the redeemer has become the mission of the redeemed and it's the loving thing to do because God in his love came to save us came to evangelize us came to inform us and form us and transform us and you know, so the question is then who's evangelizing you hmm. the gospel of Jesus Christ or the world
0: Mm. You know, there's, uh, there's two threads I want to pick up there. The one is something that I've, I talk about all the time in talks is, I don't know if you know Pin Gillette, who is a magician. He's a I my friend, my my best friend growing up, Sean Pham, he was, uh, we used to do magic together. We do sleight of hand tricks, things like that. And there was a famous magician who hosts his own magic show on TV. His name is Pin Gillette. And he would, um and he would, there's a famous interview where he was talking about how these Christians would try to evangelize him after the show because he's an atheist. And he's like, the host is like is telling him, oh, well, aren't you really annoyed by these Christians coming up to you after the show, giving you Bibles and trying to tell you this? And he says, no, of course not. I, Even though I don't believe them, I don't agree with them. But how much must you hate me if you believe that that is the oh. truth and that this is the only way to get to heaven and you do not try to convert me? Well, how much must, how must you hate me? The fact that he's trying to do it shows that he cares about me. Uh, what are your thoughts about that?
7: Well, I, I think he's on to something very essential, very crucial. Uh, St. Paul himself says that it is the love of Christ that compels us, and the Lord himself commanded us to go and make disciples of all nations. And so that is exactly... Uh, what, what, what I think, if we love another human being, we would want for them what God wants for them. We want, uh, love, in fact, as St. Uh, Thomas Aquinas would define it, is, de- uh, you know, desiring and procuring, uh, the good of another. And so the greatest good is to have an intimate, personal, life-giving, life-changing relationship with, uh, the Lord, with the Lord Amen. Jesus Christ, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to come to that Communion, that eternal communion, not only your temporal on earth, but an eternal communion with God in heaven for all eternity. And so if that is the greatest good that we have, and it is, and if we are compelled by the love of Christ, and we are or should be, evangelization is the loving thing to do. So to bring another person to Christ and to bring Christ to another person, to bring others into the fullness of uh, the Catholic faith and through the sacrament, uh, a rich, sacramental life and through the the grasp uh, of the entirety of the deposit of faith and to uh, appreciate and love and be uh, enriched by the full magisterium of 2,000 years, the authentic, unadulterated presentation of the gospel that has come to us uh, from the apostles. That is a loving thing to do, and so I would have to agree with Pin on that. I think he pinned it down pretty well.
0: <laughs> That's excellent. I love a good pun. I love a good pun. Uh, <laughs> so the second thread I wanted to pick up there is your comment about who's evangelizing us. And, you know, I think it makes me think because you mentioned uh, the world or is it the gospel? And I was thinking about the Franciscan order at the founding. The founding of the Franciscan order, St. Francis made it very clear that he wanted the nuns to keep a purity of life, keeping the rule perfectly and intact whereas the brothers were out to go into the world to evangelize the world, but after they were done with a particular mission, they were to make a retreat, they were to you know, we are in a war against the world, the flesh and the devil. They make a retreat, this tactical retreat back into the convents to visit the nuns to regain the understanding of the purity of the mission, the purity of the gospel. And because they're out there involved in the world, the disgustingness of the sin, and they needed to get purified to have this retreat to understand what was going on so that they themselves can be fed so then they can go back out into the world and evangelize again. And I think this is kind of what you're getting at, no?
7: Well, I happen to be a uh, member of the Secular Franciscan Order or the Third Order of St. Francis, yes. Uh, So I have a great devotion to St. Francis as well as to St. Clair. And uh, as a member of the Third Order of lay um, men and women, married or single, whatever your state is, uh, our patron saints are St. Louis uh, and uh, St. Elizabeth of Hungary. Uh, So two great saints who lived the call uh, to evangelize and to be saints. Uh, in the world, um, he was a king, she was a queen. So here's the thing. All of us are called to the contemplative life in one way or another. All of us are called to uh, spend time with the Lord, to come back and be recharged. So even though the second order, which is the order of um, uh, poor Claire's, those are contemplative, fully contemplative. Uh, but then even there, you see people like Mother uh, Angelica, right, who founded mm-hmm. EWTN, uh, and she was quite active when she was on air, right, so, uh, doing television. But all of us are called in our evangelization. There's a beautiful, um, in the article, we have a, a rule, and Article 4 says, uh, among other things, that we are to go from Uh, the gospel to the world and from the world to the gospel. And I think that's the point that you're making that we go out and we bring the good news and then we come back in into ourselves. As the Lord says, come into your room and pray, come into the church and pray, come into that communion with the Lord. Now, on the other hand, I personally believe that when we are out evangelizing, whether you're just having a conversation with someone and the topic of faith comes up, whether they brought it up, whether you brought it up, uh, whether you're uh, commenting uh, on, on something at work, or whatever you're doing, wherever you go, there goes an evangelizer. And there goes a prayer, a prayer warrior, an intercessor, a man or a woman who's in communion with God 24-7, well, minus eight if you're sleeping. Um, but we are in communion with God at all times. So even when you're evangelizing, you ought to be praying. And mm-hmm. that, in fact, happens often when I encounter a, a, a conversation with someone, a stranger or someone I know. As soon as I realize that this is becoming an evangelistic conversation, or what I like to say, an evangelistic encounter, or sometimes I call them love encounters, that I oftentimes, especially someone asks me a question, I immediately Pray within my heart, within my soul, silently, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, come and give me anointing, give me wisdom, give me, because now I need to attune myself especially to what God might want to say through me to that individual. So yes, we are called, and if we're not, uh, what do you call it, contemplative nuns or, or monks, We are called, even religious sisters and brothers who are not nuns or monks, we're all called to uh, a contemplative dimension even in our active life.
0: Well, I'm going to definitely have to tune in to Life Live Joyfully because uh, there's so many more threads and we only have about a couple more minutes in our conversation here. Uh, one thread I wanted to pick up there is this idea of contemplative life in the world. St. Dominic, who is one of my favorite saints, he is famous for telling the brothers to contemplate and share the fruits of one's contemplation. It comes from St. Thomas Aquinas, who kind of made that as a motto of the Dominican order. And St. Dominic would tell the brethren, I desire that you speak only to God Or about God, and I've taken that as seriously as I possibly could in my life, and I I think that's something that we should all keep in mind. Now, have you ever read uh, The Soul of the Apostolate? I have. And this is, it sounds like you're echoing the words of the soul of the apostle that we have to be, even those of us who are in the world and not like hardcore contemplatives, because we're all called to be contemplative, as you were saying, but not be like, taking the vows of being a contemplative. But um, what are your thoughts on the soul of the apostolate?
7: Well, that beautiful book, uh, it precisely talks about these things and about many more, but the fact that uh, our apostolate must come from that uh, it's uh, the fruit of that life of union and, and intimacy with our Lord. And uh, that's impregnated by, by uh, uh, prayer and by mm. the sacramental life. So most uh, definitely the soul of the apostolate is our relationship with our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, to which we're inviting others, to which we are um, bringing other people and uh, how we do it and how we go about it. Well, that'll depend a, a bit on our, a uh, particular call, for example, St. Paul says in Ephesians uh, 4, 11 through 13, that the gifts that he gave, our Lord gave, would be different, right? He said some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, all of this, right, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all come to the unity of faith and knowledge in the Son of God, to maturity, to the full measure of the stature of Christ. In other words, until we become saints, so uh, the, your it might be a little bit different than mine and so forth. And you who are listening to us out there, you might be saying, well, I can't be talking to God or uh, about God all the time. I'm, I'm a construction worker. I'm a, I'm a hairdresser. I'm, a, I'm a, a lawyer. I'm not going to be talking about that. What do you want me to do, to bring it up in the uh, classroom, in the courtroom? Yeah, you could, possibly. But even when you don't speak about Christ um, by name, <clears throat> excuse me, and directly, all of us who are Catholic Christians mm-hmm. should have our lips um, uh, soaked in the Word of God and have our uh, smile reflect the Lord and the gaze that we give another. As Saint uh, I mean, not say Pope Benedict the used to see, say that the that the gaze that another longs, the gaze of love we can give another, and Amen. that too is evangelistic. So, Adrian, I could talk forever, Amen. but I invite all our listeners to tune in at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, because I don't know where you might be somewhere on the planet listening to us to tune into A Life Flip Joyfully. Every Monday I'm there at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, and you can find us, of course, uh, on the radio, online mm-hmm. at grnonline.com or the app.
0: That's right. So check her out. Go to uh, the check us out on GRN or EWTN or wherever you're listening. Uh, make sure you tune in to A Life Live Joyfully, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, God bless you, Martha Fernandez Sardina. Uh, praise be to God. Thank Have you. a blessed day.
7: You too, and uh, you can all find me at Sardina dot org and at rememberyouareloved.com. dot oh, com. Adrian, okay. remember you are loved.
0: Thank you very much. And we're going to go into our game show, Fear and Trembling. You can to call now to be a winner 877-757-9424. Call now. We're going to go into our game show. We're going to give out prizes. So call now eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. One last time eight seven
2: seven. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic Evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Can you really say you know what praying the Rosary is all about? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic Evangelism. Number one, listen to the who's who of the Rosary. We have the Blessed Trinity. We have the Angel Gabriel. We have the Virgin Mary. We have John the Baptist. And we have Elizabeth. So how's that for a cast of Sacred Ones? Secondly, reflection. While saying the Rosary, we reflect on 20 primary and sacred moments that occur in the lives of the Holy Family. And thirdly, the rosary dynamics. Here's how you involve this cast of holy ones in praying the rosary. You first invoke the three persons of the Blessed Trinity, then on to praying the Apostles' Creed. Then you will pray in Our Father. Then you will recite the angel Gabriel's words to Mary. Then you'll recite what Mary said to Elizabeth. And then you will relive John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Then you will ask for Mary's assistance in your life. And I'm so glad to say none of that is idolatry. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute.
3: G.K. Chesterton says, You are free in our time to say that God does not exist. You are free to say that he exists and is evil. You are free to say that he would like to exist if he could. You may talk of God as a metaphor or a mystification. You may water him down with gallons of long words or boil him to rags of metaphysics. And it is not merely that nobody punishes, but nobody protests. But if you speak of God as a fact, as a thing like a tiger, as a reason for changing one's conduct, then the modern world will stop you somehow if it can. We are long past talking about whether an unbeliever should be punished for being irreverent. It is now thought irreverent to be a believer. Want more than a minute? Visit our website chesterton.org
2: welcome to another round of fear and
6: trembling the catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424.
0: 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of the game show Fear and Trembling. And you could be a winner. How do you be a winner? Well, it's easy. You just pick up your phone, you dial 877-757-9424. We're giving away prizes today. You may be asking, what am I listening to? What am I calling into? Well, calling when you into. pick up your phone and dial 877-757-9424, well, you're going to be a contestant on our Fear and Troubling Game Show where we give out prizes. Here's a trick. I'm not going to ask you the questions because, I mean, Maybe you don't know any Catholic trivia. And so instead, I'm going to ask Sissel the questions and she's going to give me an answer. And and whenever she that means even if you just guess, there's going to be a 50 50 chance of you getting each and every question correct. That's a 50 50 chance for each question. And each correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. This week's prize is from Conversion Starters. It's a Why Do Catholics Pray the Rosary tote bag and Why Do Catholics Pray to Saints mug? That's a pretty cool prize, a tote bag and a mug for many of us who actually drink coffee in the morning, which I do not. Mugs are a great <laughs> gift, I would say. Um, the company ConversionStarters.com makes evangelization easy and painless for everyone. They have Conversion Starters t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, catch people's eyes, and they pique their curiosity by Featuring common questions about Catholicism along with the website address where they can go to read brief, easy to understand answers to those questions and be a billboard for Christ conversion conversion starters dot com is evangelization for introverts um that's not me but
1: <laughs> hey some of us are introverts and i happen to know the, the family that owns this company oh, that's and awesome. they're here local in north texas and they're big fans of cdt praise
0: be to god that's awesome i think that's pretty cool conversion com. Mm-hmm. i know I, I mean i always get um in trouble when i'm out with friends because they're like adrian how is it that everywhere we go you end up in a conversation about the Catholic (laughs) faith somewhere you're at the mall and there's some guy sitting there and you're just like hey and you just start talking to some random guy and that's not me but I think it's awesome praise be to God why do Catholics pray the rosary tote bag why do Catholics pray to Saints mug that's a prize this week so make sure you write that number down so you can be able to call in this week and be a participant because we give out prizes and this Friday you could be the winner so make sure you keep that number down and maybe you might be the winner this week Uh, but joining us right now is Damon. I believe this is Damon from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Good morning, Damon.
4: Morning.
8: Yeah, it's me.
0: <laughs> Praise be to God, Damon. It's good to have, hear your voice. And I think it's going to be, uh, I think, I mean, I'm looking at these questions here. And I got to say, I'm pretty sure that you're going you're gonna to ace this, uh, this question. It looks all easy question Monday. Um, Sissel is being Got to slide into Monday nice. nice and light, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Damon, what parish do you go to?
3: Uh, Mary Immaculate
0: Mary- branch.
1: That's my grandparents. That was my grandparents' parish. Hey, it's neat. I, um, I love Mary Immaculate.
0: I, I love Mary Immaculate, just her. I don't know about the parish. I've never <laughs> been to the parish. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Obviously, Mary Immaculate, amazing. And the parish is pretty great, too.
0: There you go. There you go, Damon. Praise be to God. Well, it's good to hear you. And um you're familiar with the game show. You know how to play. The question, though, is yes. can you figure out whether or not Sissel is tricky or not? Because she... I don't think we've ever had Sissel on the show before, so you're going to have to uh, tune your ears carefully to discern whether or not she is right or whether or not she is wrong. Are you ready to play? Yep, ready. Let's do it. Let's jump into question number one, Sissel.
1: All right, the question is. So I'll ask. Oh, you, you the asked question. the question. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> you, I was like, wait, I thought you were <laughs> no, asking the question. Yeah,
0: no problem. It's all good. It's all good. And question number one for us. The question on the board is: Who designed the miraculous metal? Which has been worn around the necks of millions of Catholics. Now, I mean, I mean, I'm wearing it right now. So, uh, there you go, folks. Um, who was it, Cecil?
1: That's a great question, Adrian. And I thought long and hard about this this morning. Did you? I did. Okay. I did uh, in the last five minutes. And <laughs> my answer, I'm going to confidently say, Saint Catherine of Siena.
0: Oh, Saint Catherine of Siena, you say? Hmm. All righty, Damon. I hope you're familiar with the Miraculous Medal because uh this could, in fact, be a tricky question. Or it could mm-hmm. be easy. I don't know. Uh, perhaps you know the answer, Damon. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who designed the Miraculous Medal, which has been worn around the necks of millions of Catholics? What say you, Damon, from Mary Immaculate, speaking of the Miraculous Medal, a parish in Dallas-Fort Worth area? Um, well, how was I was
6: like, no, it is a, uh... Catherine, but I don't know if
1: it's of Sienna. I was slightly tricky, I'm right slightly me with yeah, that like, one. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah,
7: like,
8: so, I'm see. gonna say no,
0: you're gonna say she's wrong, yeah. okay? Yeah, that is correct, <laughs> that is in fact correct. Uh, it is not Catherine of Sienna. Um, I guess you could argue it's Catherine of Labore. however. Really, you would say it's Our Lady, because Our Lady appeared to Catherine Laboree and showed her Mm. the Rackless Medal and then she went and had it
1: so, either answer probably it. would have been acceptable. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so, there you go. We have to elaborate Good job. the
0: Blessed Virgin herself. So, praise be to God, Damon. You got it right. Yeah. Captain Sienna, that's a tricky one. Uh, but you were not deceived. The Sissel could not deceive you. You. I tried hard, too. You did. That was a tricky one. I was
1: not going easy on <laughs> it. Not at all.
0: Not at all. So, praise be to God, Damon. That is excellent. And yeah, the miraculous medal. It's uh, Mary, conceived without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. And uh, Mary Immaculate. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear it. All right, Damon. Question number two. Are you ready? Yep. Let's do it. Question number two. Which event marks the start of the liturgical year?
1: Ooh, all right. I am also confident in this one, but I said that about the last one, oh, too. Well, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> I think that is the first Sunday of Advent. I think us Catholics, we start our New Year before everyone else starts their new year.
0: So you're saying it's not January 1st. It's
1: not January 1st. It's first. not January 1st. First Sunday of Advent. Okay.
0: First Sunday of Advent. That um, Let's see. Advent. That's the season leading up to Christmas. I suppose. I don't know. That's interesting. All right, Damon. 15 seconds on the clock. Which event marks the start of the Catholic liturgical year? Sissel seems to think it's the first Sunday of Advent, which is like, I don't know, November? I'll- October? Yeah, it
1: depends, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on when everything falls. It depends
0: on when everything falls. What say you, Damon? Is Sissel trying to trick you? What say you, Damon?
6: Um, not this time, yeah, because I think she is
0: correct. To start of Advent. Is she saying? All right, let's see. That is correct. Way to go, Damon. Uh, you could not be tricked. Sissel was; uh, she was honest this time.
1: I think this last question is the hardest, though,
0: personally. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Okay, um, let me check. I don't this. think the
6: questions are ever hard; that's the answers.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh,
1: the of the trick of this game.
0: That, that's a good. That's a good point. That is a good point. Well, Damon, I'm looking at this question, and I think Sissel's right. This, I think, this is the hardest question we've ever had on the history of Catholic drive time. And I've never, I don't think I've ever said that before. Have I?
8: Uh, it
0: gets progressively harder. (laughs) Every day is the the, the hardest. It's harder than the day before. So I'm looking at this question and all right, Damon, you be careful. Here's a question. Who are the four evangelists?
1: All right.
0: Oh, man, Sissel's sweating. I can, okay. She's sweating bullets over there.
1: I think the first one, John. All
0: right. John, all right.
1: All and right. then the following three, mm-hmm. Paul, George, Ringo.
0: Paul, George, Ringo.
1: John, Paul, George, and Ringo.
0: John, Paul, George, Ringo. That's four. That's four. That is, in fact, four. Wow, okay. Well, I think that's very interesting but um let's see what damon thinks 15 seconds on the clock damon the question is who are the four evangelists well Cecil seems to think it's john paul george and ringo see i remembered it i remembered it um what say you damon (laughs) i can imagine that you are going to get this one right this is a very difficult question and those answers look very difficult what say you damon from the dallas fort worth area
6: well, although they are the Fab Four, you know, one, of them, they're not bigger than Jesus. So I'm going to have to say no. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John.
0: All right. Well, let's see if you're right. I don't know. That could be wrong. I don't know. That's... Oh, it is in fact correct. <laughs> that is good. Way to go, Damon. That is a three for three. You nailed it. An amazing job. Praise be to God. Uh, could not be tricked. I, I mean, I was very tempted to say John, Paul, George, and Ringo were correct. Mm. I mean, that it seemed really accurate to me. I don't know. I don't know what do you thought about that. Hey, I was from a
1: former Protestant. I know my Bible well, Adrian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I've heard the Bible trivia that you and and Dave do, and so I'm not. I'm not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Damon. Praise be to God. What do you think about those questions? Easy, hard. Uh, John Paul, George Ringo. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, the
6: first one was definitely hard. <laughs> yeah, like going with like Catherine. Yeah, you know, since like there was three di- different
3: Catherines, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, the other ones were fairly
0: easy. Praise <laughs> be to God. Praise sure. be to God. Well, all easy question yeah. Monday. Hopefully, yeah. we'll see how the questions turn out the rest of the week. So make sure everybody tunes in for that. Now, Damon, stay on hold. We're gonna make sure we get your contact information. So if we draw your name out on Friday, we can send you that awesome prize. Uh, but that's gonna do it. So God bless you. God love you, Damon. All right. yeah. God bless and that's going to do it for the first or the, for the radio side actually that, it's, that's it for the radio side we're going to go into the after show so if you want to tune in with us hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey uh, looks like we're having some audio problems on the stream uh, but we'll get that taken care of during the after show and we're going to talk to you about my trip to the Ro- to Rome, to Europe we'll be back, um, see you tomorrow 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern
5: This morning we are celebrating the memorial of St. Pius X. This morning's Mass is being offered for all of those joining us on Guadalupe Radio
8: Media and online. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven, To his feet thy tribute bring, Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Hallelujah, alleluia, praise the everlasting King.
5: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault,
8: Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy.
5: Let us pray. O God, who to safeguard the Catholic faith and to restore all things in Christ, filled Pope St. Pius X with heavenly wisdom and apostolic fortitude, graciously grant that, following his teaching and example, we may gain an eternal prize through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Judges. The children of Israel offended the Lord by serving the Baals. Abandoning the Lord, the God of their fathers, who led them out of the land of Egypt, they followed the other gods of the various nations around them, and by their worship of these gods provoked the Lord. Because they had thus abandoned him and served Baal and the Ashtaroth, the anger of the Lord flared up against Israel. And he delivered them over to plunderers who despoiled them. He allowed them to fall into the power of their enemies, round about whom they were no longer able to withstand. Whatever they undertook, the Lord turned into disaster for them, as in his warning he had sworn he would do, till they were in great distress. Even when the Lord raised up judges to deliver them from the power of their despoilers, They did not listen to their judges, but abandoned themselves to the worship of other gods. They were quick to stray from the way their fathers had taken, and did not follow their example of obedience to the commandments of the Lord. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, he would be with the judge and save them from the power of their enemies as long as the judge lived. It was thus the Lord took pity on their distressful cries of affliction under their oppressors. But when the judge died, they would relapse and do worse than their ancestors, following other gods in service and worship, relinquishing none of their evil practices or stubborn conduct. The word of the Lord. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. They did not exterminate the peoples as the Lord had commanded them, but mingled with the nations and learned their works. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. They served their idols, which became a snare for them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. They became defiled by their works and wanton in their crimes. And the Lord grew angry with his people and abhorred his inheritance. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. Many times did he rescue them, but they embittered him with their counsels. Yet he had regard for their affliction when he heard their cry. Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people.
8: Alleluia. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia,
5: the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. A young man approached Jesus and said, Teacher, what good must I do to gain eternal life? He answered him, why do you ask me about the good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He asked him, Which ones? And Jesus replied, You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All of these I have observed. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you wish to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this statement, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. This morning's conversation revolves around this morning's gospel revolves around the conversation between jesus and the rich young man which begins with a kind of play around the word good the young man asked jesus what good must i do to gain eternal life jesus says why do you ask me about the good there is only one who is good it's interesting sometimes in life some of the very common words that we use all the time are the ones when we actually, if we were to try to stop and define it, we maybe would find it not so easy. How is it that we define the word good? What does it mean to be good? To further compound things, we can also point out the fact that in one way, everything in creation is good. Everything in the world is good because it came from God. That is what we learn in the creation story in the book of Genesis. And on the other hand, we know that there are things in this world which are not good. We know that there is evil, and so how is it that we can explain this seeming conundrum that everything is good, but clearly not everything is good in a way? The answer is going to be found really in what the definition of good is, and to remember that sometimes words are used analogously, meaning They can be used in different senses which slightly alter the meaning such that there is a similarity but there's also a difference. St. Thomas Aquinas defines the good very simply as that which is desirable. The good is that which is desirable and in that sense we can understand very clearly everything in creation is good because it exists and existence is desirable and because it came from God, who is desirability himself. God is perfectly desirable. God is the source of all goodness. And because all of creation came from him, we can say all creation is good. So where does evil come from then? Or where does a lack of moral goodness come? This is really what Jesus and the young man are talking about, is now they're talking about the moral good. See, everything that exists is good insofar as it's desirable to exist and because it comes from God. But it's also desirable to reach our goal or perfection in life, which is communion with the Most Holy Trinity, which is communion with God. And this really is going to be a part of what defines the moral good. See, every decision that we make which is consonant with our final end in life, which is the love of God, is a step toward happiness, it's a step toward fulfillment, and it's a step toward our proper goal and end in life, and that is good because it is desirable to be perfected according to our human nature. On the other hand, every choice we make which is not consonant with God's love or His commands, it's a step away from our perfection in life, it's a step away from God's love, and that is not desirable and that is not good. You know, in a way, you could say a morally good decision is one which takes you one step closer to heaven and God's love, and sin is simply a turning away from his love to choose something else. And this really is going to be what is going to hinge around the discussion between Jesus and the rich young man. It is going to be to point out God is perfection himself, He is the end of our life, He is perfect love and communion. And because He is the source of all goodness and because He is the beginning and end of our life, nothing in this creation should take His place. He is the source of all desirability, He is the one who will fulfill our desire to be happy and therefore God must take the first place. we hear in today's gospel that the rich young man upon hearing Jesus's offer of discipleship to say go and sell what you have and come follow me you'll find perfect happiness in life is what the offer is the rich young man can't do it because he loves his riches more than he loves God he desires money more than he desires God he's willing to give God a part he follows the law but he's also willing to have something else in front of God that he won't relinquish even in the face of the offer which Jesus gives him. I think for us that is going to be the point of today's gospel is to say, God must have the first place in our life. We were created by him, we were created for him. Our desire for happiness will only be fulfilled when we are resting entirely in God. And yet, while we're here on this earth, it is very easy for us to let other created things slip in the place of God, that we begin to desire other things more than what we desire God. And that is not going to be consonant with our happiness and fulfillment in life. For the rich young man, it was riches and money that got in the way. For us, maybe it's something else i were to ask you today, is there anything in your life that you would be sad to give up if you thought it would make you a better disciple of Jesus? Would you be willing to give up cheering for your favorite sports team if you thought it would make you closer in your relationship with God? <clears throat> would you be willing to give up the internet? Would you be willing to give up watching TV if you believed it would make you closer to God and you thought he was asking it for you? Maybe for someone else would you be willing to give up online shopping or shopping if it was something which you thought was getting in the way of giving God the first place. There's all sorts of distractions in life that we can begin to desire after and go after and think, I will be happy once I attain this or once this happens, and all of that is an illusion and fool's gold. Our happiness and fulfillment in life is only going to come when we are in communion with God, and that is something which begins now by living his love, by living his commands, and it comes to perfection in the next life. And so, my brothers and sisters, today as we go forward, let us ask God for the grace to examine our lives and to think, is there anything in this created world which is standing in the place of giving my whole heart to God? And if there is, let us ask for the courage that we would be willing to give it up to know that Our heart, in desiring happiness and fulfillment, is truly desiring communion with God. Amen.
8: To God, the Father
5: Almighty, dear brothers and sisters, may every prayer of our heart be directed. For his will it is that all humanity should be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For the holy church of god that the lord may graciously watch over her and care for her let us pray to the lord for the peoples of all the world that the lord may graciously preserve harmony among them let us pray to the lord lord hear our prayer for all who are oppressed by any kind of need that the lord may graciously grant them relief let us pray to the lord lord hear our prayer for ourselves For our community, for those joining us through radio and online, that the Lord may graciously receive us as a sacrifice acceptable to himself. Let us pray to the Lord. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine and work of human hands, it will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. For the praise and the glory of his name, for our good and the good of all, his holy church. Receive with kindness your oblation and grant, O Lord, we pray, that following the teachings of Pope St. Pius X, we may celebrate these divine mysteries with sincere reverence and receive them in a spirit of
8: faith through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. Through who Christ our Lord. For as on the festival of St. Pius X You bid your church rejoice So too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life Teach her by his words of preaching And keep her safe in answer to his prayers And so with the company of angels and saints We sing the hymn of your praise Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God,
5: But only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. For those unable to receive Holy Communion, my Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you.
8: THE KING OF LOVE MY SHEPHERD IS WHOSE GOODNESS FAILS ME NEVER I NOTHING LACK IF I AM HIS AND HE IS MINE Forever Where streams of living water flow My ransom soul he leadeth And where the verdant pastures grow with food celestial, feed.
5: Let us pray. Celebrating the memorial of Pope Saint Pius, we pray, O Lord our God, that by the power of this heavenly table, we may be made constant in the faith and be of one accord in your love, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord.
8: Immaculate Mary, your praises we sing. You reign now in splendor with Jesus, our King. Ave, ave, ave Maria. Ave, ave, Maria
3: The prayer to St Michael St Michael the archangel
0: defend us in battle be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil
3: may god rebuke him we humbly pray And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen.
4: From every thought of suicide and abortion, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord.
5: Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
7: Hi, I'm Megan. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston. Part of the Guadalupe
1: Radio Network. Radio for your soul.